Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, welcome everybody back to the Thompson to Clark podcast. I'm Double G. Those of you on video, notice Brad is not here. Instead, we have Matthew and Ben from the Giant Cocktails podcast. They have joined us before. We brought them back. They're helping me get through this show without Brad. And they just recently recorded a brand new episode. So they're ready to go. Matthew, Ben, how are things? Things are good. Apologies to your uh, to your listeners that we're not Brad. Uh, <laughs> might be some disappointment there, but you know, we have, we have faces made for podcasting, and so this whole video thing is uh, a little 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 weird. But yeah, good to see you. So yeah, good to see you. So you know what Brad's going to say? Brad's going to say you needed two people to replace me. That's what he's going to say. That's right. That's right. So Kinda like uh, you know, a platoon for you know <laughs> you know this is what we needed here. Yeah. It's a Lamont Wade and and Darren Ruff. Um, That's right. Left going lefty righty. Okay, so you guys, uh, you do a podcast. We, we talked about this the last time. You know, there's a theme to it. It's uh, you know two brothers getting together, having a drink, talking some Giants baseball. And the reason why we we kind of uh, got together is because Brad and I did a similar thing. We're not brothers, though. You know, we're close. Uh, but, you know, we, we would have a drink as well. So when we saw that there was a podcast who uh, definitely was kind of in the same lane as us, we invited you on. We did a four-way pod last time. Uh, but since then, we've had this lockout thing. You know, the Giants won 100 and... Uh, what did we win? 107? 8? 107. And and then, you know, lockout happens. Not a lot going on. So I kind of want to ask you, and we can start with you, Matthew. Like, what were you doing during this lockout? Especially because you do a podcast, so you're following the team very closely. But man, no baseball, 99 days. It was pathetic. Yeah, it, longest 99 days of my life, uh, to be honest. Um, and and uh, no, just I, you know, you tried to follow it. I, you know, I was following all the blue check marks on Twitter. You know what's going on? What the, you know what's going on? But. I, you know, and we talked about this in our podcast yesterday. I was probably a little more involved in that than Ben, but, uh, uh, I, you know, I was, I was curious, you know, who was going to, you know, quote unquote, win, you know, the collective bargaining agreement. That was, you know, it, it was interesting to me. Uh, you know, so at the same time, it's, you know, it's hard to kind of get real invested in something like that because it's, you know, it's billionaires arguing with millionaires about how to spend our money. So, you know, it's just uh, it was a little bit hard to, to 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 really get into it, but yeah, I followed it. You know, and and was hoping for a quick resolution, and obviously that didn't happen. So, uh, but yeah, that's how I spent it. I, I spent it learning uh, about Australian rules football. <laughs> I, I did not pay any attention to what was going on, other than is it resolved yet? And and that's about it. Uh, I I was not going to give that any more time than it deserved. Uh, which is zero. As a fan, um, we don't have to put up with that or have any patience with it. So I didn't. And I, I, you know, Brad had asked me on the air. He was like, "Is there anything that can happen to where you would just wash your hands with it and just be done with it?" And I said, "No." I'm like, "No." I'm just, uh, you know, we've been in it here too long, and you know, I, they couldn't drive me away, but I also. Would understand if, if folks would be driven away by what was going on. Where did you guys sit with that question? Like, were, was there was the frustration ever high enough to where you were like, "Gosh, you know, may, may, maybe we kind of stay away from from the team or we stay away from baseball"? Did it ever get there? 
maybe not really. I, I think it, uh, the, the closest it got to me is I, I realized that my, uh, MLB.com subscription was going to be renewed and I canceled the heck out of that. I was like, Oh no, I'm not giving you money if you don't have a product. So I, I canceled that. But, uh, other than that, I was, you know, I was, I was probably going to come back once say they all came back and gripe and moan about how many games were lost and all that. But I, I, I would just, I was coming back. So. Yeah, no, I, I, I wasn't going to give up on the game. Uh, I, I think the only real thing that really would have made me walk away is if they had lost a whole season. Yeah, I, I think I think if they had lost an entire season, especially coming out of the pandemic, uh, especially given the way things I think are in the world today, I, I think it would have come off as super tone deaf, yep. super elitist. Um, and I think while I would have loved the game, I think I would have hoped that somebody else would come along and be a better steward. But, you know, that didn't happen, right? Yeah. Um, I came back after 1994, uh, you know, and I ended up becoming a season ticket holder much later than that. But um, so so I, I would have come back. I mean, I, I love the product. I love the team. And um, I, I think it would have taken a lot to get there. But I don't think they should think that the sky's the limit and they can shut down an entire season and everything will just be fine. Um, you know, luckily we don't have to worry about that for another five years, but yeah. So, uh, we're going to play the intro here. Then we will come back and, and talk about what we are drinking during the show. And then we'll hit the latest news, including pitchers that the giants picked up. And I do want to ask both Matthew and Ben, who is on their list of a possible bat that would make them happy giants fans. Bedrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have come to an end. The Giants have won the pennant. All right, so I have my drink. It is very simple. It is just Buffalo Trace on the rocks. I didn't, I think last time we talked and we were like, you know, mine is straight and neat and I may have had like some sort of mixed drink, but I went very simple. So straight bourbon. It's, it's nice and it's nice and cold now. A little, little watered down, which is uh, the way I like it. Uh, ben, what do you got? I, I'm rocking a margarita. I, yes. Last time I showed up with, with a straight, uh, a straight bourbon. Neat. Uh, but this time, yeah, a, a simple margarita, uh, a, a favorite uh, on the giant cocktail show. Um, yeah, Matthew, what about you? I I'm drinking a, an old fashioned mm. uh, with uh, some Empire Redwood Empire bourbon, uh, local distillery here in Sonoma County where I live. Uh, the Pipe Dream bourbon is great, and yeah, a little simple syrup and some uh, aromatic bitters. I didn't go Angostura; I went with just some uh, some aromatic bitters that I got from uh, I think Woodford Reserve actually, and it's quite nice. Do they do, does that uh, distillery do tastings and such? They do. I have not yet done that. I've just you know uh, been a fan from the buying the bottles. But they uh, they've got a good rye, and actually one of their one of their uh, whiskeys was uh, was honored as like one of the top in the world or some of that recently. And so definitely like to get out there and try all that because uh, now that stuff that's the top of the world you can't find. So um, <laughs> all right. So 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 you guys talked a little about this a little bit about this on your podcast, obviously. The big uh, get so far for the Giants has been uh, Carlos Rodon. He comes to them uh, two years, forty-four million, and I, and the the key to the whole deal is an opt-out. Now he can get to that opt-out with a hundred and ten innings pitched, uh, and so this is a this is this is him basically saying, look. I need to answer these questions about my shoulder and the arm troubles and the fatigue. And if I do, I'm opting out and I'm signing a much bigger deal. But uh, Matthew, when you heard about this deal, when you heard about who they were in on, uh, were you excited or did you have a little bit like, cause this, this type of deal, if you don't know better, you're going to, you're sort of like, okay, I saw he was fifth in the Cy Young last year. But there's a catch. Like, what's the catch? Why did we get him on a two-year deal? And so th the catch is, is that just he needs to prove <laughs> that he can stay healthy. So what did you think about when you heard the deal? 
I was, I loved it. I, you know, best available pitcher on the market. You've know, been waiting all 99 days for, you know, a move like that. Uh, you'll want to see the Giants swing big. And, and they did. And, and they did it on a contract that it really protects them. It's not like it's a, you know, and I think Radon was smart to, you know, put, put, put money on himself and, and just say, Hey, you know, give me, I'll, if I get 110 innings, I get a, you know, I get a club opt or I get my own option that topped out. And, I think that makes perfect sense for both sides. I think it's a win-win and uh, the Giants would love for him to pitch over 110 innings this year. So uh, yeah, I was excited. <laughs> and and Ben, so the, I think the thinking for most Giants fans are like, okay, like we get it. You know, we only take these short deals with the pitchers. Day Sclafanic, it's a three-year deal. And that is kind of the, the longest, you know, the longer on the longer end of what they would do. Are you as a fan happy that that they really target these shorter deals or you know because you know some some giants fans are just like you know they're they're scared of the zito or the or the uh the cueto contract right and and that's you know when they have gone for these longer deals uh it's been it's been that way and you know Bumgarner they were not willing to give a longer deal and he went elsewhere so what what is your as a fan as a hardcore giants fan do you feel are, are you in line with zadie or do you wish that they would you know, look a little deeper and possibly be in the ballpark of some of these other guys. Oh, I'm totally in line. I, I am also afraid of another Barry Zito contract. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think especially for these older players, right, who are past 30, uh, I, I think giving them four year plus contracts is you're basically um, throwing away the last couple of years of that contract. And I know things are changing. It, it seems like um, some pitchers at least are able to go deeper into their careers and be very effective right now. But I think that's still very unusual. So I'm absolutely aligned with it. What I want to see is either moves like what the Braves did today, where you acquire a a much younger player, like the Braves acquiring Matt Olson and then extending him mm -hmm. for a mega contract, which is still risky. Right. To be clear, I mean, that's still risky when they, they, they extended him for eight years. Yeah. Is that right? Correct. Yep. Oof. That's a that's a 35 year old Matt Olson at the back end of that four years older than Freddie Freeman is today. So so that's a big that's still a big risk. And that just makes me nervous. I, I would rather see them put all of their money into their into their minor leagues and and their young guys and then extend those guys when they're on the good side of 27. Um, so that you lock them up until they're 30 and make them very, very wealthy at that point in time. That's what I would like to see. And I, I think that's the direction that we're going in. It, the, the, the Olsen and Freeman domino effect of whatever is going on is, is pretty amazing to see because if you're a Braves fan, you just won the World Series. They are, uh, uh, the, you know, their company is public. So you see the amount of money that they made. So they cannot cry poor. But the 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 financials of baseball today basically say unless you are the Dodgers, the Yankees, or the Red Sox, you look to extend, like you said, players who are a little bit cheaper. And in, with Olson, I think they bought out two years before he becomes a free agent. So you know, Freddie yeah. Freeman's probably going to make thirty million a year with Olson. I think his deal came out to twenty one ish or so um, on average. And, but, you know, at the same time, and we, we we sort of seen this before, which is you have the the homegrown guy who's kind of taken you to that next level and at, he, he he grows out of it. And, you know, that's this podcast is named after one of them. Will Clark, the Giants chose Barry Bonds and they said, OK, Will, if you can get the kind of money that you want, go go for it. We, we just weren't we just are not going to, you know, going to match that. And so for, uh, you know, for hardcore Braves fans, I could see they're like, oh, man, you know, Freddie was there with us, you know, through this entire time. We finally reached the apex. But then if you're the Braves, you're like, well, we'd rather pay this guy less because we uh, we also have Acuna, who's our best player. And, you know, and, and then, like you said, they're going to, you know, they're going to keep uh, paying into their their younger players. So I get it on both sides, but there is a side of me that says, man, the players just fought for all of these things in this lockout and the first big deal basically is they, the, the team that just won the world series can't afford their, their top player. Then that, that, that doesn't, that doesn't sit well with me if I'm a brave Sam, but I totally get it as well. Um, 
so the Giants also picked up a couple of other pitchers. Uh, Carlos Martinez, who, you know, you go back a few years and, and he was a, a really good starter. So they're, they're, they're going to sign. It's not official yet, but they're going to sign him to a minor league deal. And they also signed a guy by the name of Jacob Junis, who is kind of a, I think he's expected to be a little bit like a, a sixth guy, you know, a seventh guy who's going to be ready when somebody like Rodon needs a day off here and there. He'll probably, you know, make several starts over the season. So they, they sort of have like seven guys who can start immediately coming right out of the gate. And I think I heard uh, on uh, Giants Talk, Alex Pavlovich said the season starts, they got 16 games in 17 days to open the season. So you're going to need some of those, some of those arms. Uh, but what did you think about those signings? Not sexy, more sort of like, you know, this is we're we're, we're thinking the the length of this season. We're thinking 162 starts, not five starters. But uh, Matthew, when when you heard those names, I'm sure you went, eh. But then at the end of the day, you understood. I'm assuming, you know, like 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 most of us did. Yeah. No. I. I you know, starting with Martinez, you know, he was signed first. Uh, what I thought was genius about that is that he doesn't take up a 40 man roster spot. Yes. I mean, they signed him to a minor league deal, uh, which you don't, you don't get that. And I think, I think that's where the giants reputation of rehabilitating pitchers uh, came to, to, to play there uh, because uh, you know, he probably could have gotten a major league deal somewhere else, uh, but they're paying him quite well to, you know, he's got some incentives in there to get his, his contract up to I think what two and 2.75 million or something like that. And he's got something to prove. And so I, I thought it was, it's a low risk, a uh, really great deal. I mean, it kind of reminds me, both these moves kind of remind me of like the Scott Casimir kind of, you know, move, getting, adding depth of veteran starting pitching, you know, in the background just for when they need it. Um, I think the, the, the Junis uh, one, I think what stuck out to me is he's got an option left. And so they could put him on the 40 yes. man. And, and this year, you know, it's rare. I think that you're going to get a veteran starting pitcher that's still got options. And uh, they could, you know, he could be one of those early season you know, candidates to fill a spot, but then they can option him back down to Sacramento. So I, typical Farhan, hey, we're going to kind of work this, you know, the magic here and, and get what we need. And I, I think he accomplished that. New CBA says we can only send them send them down like five times instead of nine like yes. last year. Which yeah. Is- so, you know, <laughs> Jason Bosler is happy to hear that. <laughs> uh, uh, OK, Ben, your, your thoughts. I, I know you're I know you're a big Zadie guy, so I, I would also assume that he, you know, he, that, that, that the moves, you know, you believe in him. So you're okay with them. Uh, oh, definitely. I, I think these are, I think these are the typical Farhan Zaidi moves. I, I don't think these guys are expected to start more than 10 games at each. Uh, and that's probably a stretch. Um, the, the way the giants really look at this is like, you know, we need to start 162 games and, and how are we going to get that done? You know, they, they pencil in a, a few of those starts to the bullpen. And then after that, it's just like how, you know, what can we project how many starts each of these individuals will make? They're not building a rotation so much as they are a stack of starts. And I think those, uh, these guys fit very well into that model. They're they going to spend a significant portion of the season on, on the AAA team. Uh, they're going to be expected to come up and, and make a contribution at some point during the season. And I think probably at that point, maybe not even be on the 40 man roster at the end of the season. And, and I think they probably know that as well, but I think they also know that if they perform well during that period of time, they could parlay this into something much better for themselves. And, and uh, you know, I think the giants have had demonstrated that they have a track record of doing that, you know, and um so yeah, I, I think there's a, these are, these are the kind of signings that the Giants are just going to do for the foreseeable future, and and we absolutely need to see these kind of signings in order to shore up that rotation, um, and to make sure that we can get those starts filled without you know totally devastating the team or, or or forcing the Giants to make moves with younger players that they don't want to make. So over the weekend, we had Jeff Young, writer from around the Foghorn, on our show, and. He threw out a few different names of guys who who could be in the Giants' wheelhouse when it comes to a bat. One of them, uh, Andrew McCutcheon, is already gone. So just, that shows you how how quickly these podcasts can be outdated. Um, but I wanted to turn it to you because you know we've been talking. Brad and I have been talking about Seiya Suzuki forever now. 
that that's the guy that we circled very early on and we're like this is who we want he he, he checks so many it was basically the day buster retired we're like okay we, we need a right hand bat if you listen to uh farhan he says maybe they don't need a right-handed bat maybe darren ruff is is enough maybe he's a little bit underrated he named off a couple other guys who who they could fit in the outfield and and in, in the dh wilmer flores guys like that uh, and so he said, you know, maybe we go after a left-handed bat. So I don't know if that was to throw off other teams or if he really believes that. But I wanted to turn it to both of you, and we can start with you, Ben. Uh, who is the one bat that you would love to see the Giants sign? Now, more than likely, it's probably not going to be a Carlos Correa. It's probably not going to be a Trevor Story. It's not going to be a Freddie Freeman. These guys who are going to get like seven-year contracts plus. But of the guys who were a little giancy, who would you love to have in that uh, order when it when, when you know when we get to opening day? Well, first of all, I do want to say that I I hope the Giants are making noise around anybody that the Dodgers want. Raising so the price. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't rule out Freddie Freeman because sometimes if you if you if you bluff, you have to you have to you have to take it. <laughs> so I I wouldn't rule out a a bargained Freddie Freeman. You yeah. know, a, a just a tolerable, just affordable enough Freddie Freeman. I wouldn't rule that out. Uh, but no, they're they're not looking for a shortstop. They're they're not looking for a first baseman. Although with the DH this year, they have a lot more flexibility. Yes, and and so they could they could make a signing that looked uh, you know that we would have thought was very unusual, um, you know, six months ago. But um, I'm still a big fan of Nick Castellanos. That's mm-hmm. that's the one that I really want. I, I think a right-handed bat. A power right-handed hitter has always been underrated in in Oracle ballpark. You know, it, it they always hit well, especially if they're a pull hitter, right? Because hitting it down the line, it, you know, the ball carries very well there. It's it's not as challenging. But now with the reconfigured ballpark, you know, even going straight away it is much more tolerable. And so I think a really good right-handed hitter can really really thrive there. And that's why I like. Castellanos because to me he's just the bet fit best fit in terms of age and all of that stuff and and we've seen him perform well at the major league level so that's my that's my pipe dream um I'm also I'm also on board with Suzuki I just want him to make a big splash and I want it to be somebody that makes the teams around them worse yeah. uh, so like like the Dodgers right so I think Suzuki would be a big get uh I'm not really I, I you know I I don't know that I'm I know who's available right now on the free agent tracker to really kind of go down and look at some hidden gems. But I can uh, give you the guy that Brad okay. wants. Oh, yeah. Brad, Brad, Brad agrees with you. Castellanos is, is, mm. is on high on his list. He also brought up the name because the DH Kyle Schwarber. He threw that name out there, which is an interesting name. Um, the uh, who's the other one that he told me, you know, I think, I think those, I think those are two. The, the, yeah. Those are, those are the top, guys on his list i'll throw out somebody who i heard from pavlovich and uh cole kuyper michael conforto but i think there's something to signing him when it comes to draft picks he has a qualifying offer right so uh we would lose a draft pick for that he was my you know the left-hander he's a left-hander as well so it doesn't fit that right-handed uh outfielder but he yeah he's a really good player and uh you know but he fits the mold of like a yastrzemski and 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 so kind of the same, not exactly that right-handed power hitter that, you know, Farhan initially said that they were going to go after, you know? And so I, I do think that there's a little bit of a, of a, um, a little gamesmanship going on with Farhan's uh, public statements because it just doesn't make sense to bring in another left-handed bat, um, particularly when you've got someone like Castellanos and Suzuki out there. Uh, but maybe he's like trying to downplay that with their agents because, Hey, we could go somewhere else. We don't need to, you know, need to go with you guys. Um, that's it. And, and I, I'm still think Trevor story could be a surprise. I think, you know, I, you know, his, his age kind of starts to, you know, kind of play into that a little bit, I think. And then his numbers, you know, inflated by, you know, the rock, you know, being in Colorado all those years. So I wouldn't be, yeah, he'd have to agree to play the outfield. So I, I don't know if that's a real possibility, but you know, if, if, if the money's right, you know, I think he'd, he'd find left field just fine. Is he, is he a tolerable third baseman? Because that starts that's, to set up. That's a good up, question. Yeah, 
as a possible platoon opportunity. I don't even know that Story would platoon, but you know, you put give him some games in the outfield, you give him some games at DH, and you give him some games at third base, and suddenly you have a really nice Longoria Story uh, platoon at third base. Um, so I don't know. I mean, Trevor Story that might be the guy that's the surprise. Yeah, the- he would his 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 asking price would have to come way down. We, we we could give them a nickname, Longstoria. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, you're quick on your feet. I like that. Um, okay, so uh, the news came out the other day that Fernando Tatis hurt his wrist, and no, we shouldn't laugh, Ben. Should, that's not funny. He he was not <laughs> washing not his funny. truck. It's very he, important. He didn't fall off of his truck washing no. it like one like Jeff, Jeff Kent. Jeff Kent, yeah, uh, but. Uh, I what what I wonder is now. Hopefully for Tatis, I mean, young guy, if he's out a few months, I, th- I think they'll be okay. But I do wonder if you know, because there was also a story that Suzuki was going to sign with the Padres, and I wonder if that kind of you know raised their price a little bit, knowing that Tatis is going to be out, and you know they they've been spending a whole lot of money on, on players, and I know he's kind of one of those. So that's a that's a little bit worrisome to me because. Uh, you know, the Giants seem to be the team that is playing a little bit more poker than some of these other teams, and they're looking for opportunities where, you know, the where where other teams zig, they zag. And, and I guess my question is, so, and we'll start with you, Ben. The right-handed hitting... Uh, or just the lineup configuration of being able to plug in all of these guys and successfully do it. Is that repeatable? Is that a skill? Can you start Lamont Wade against a specific right-hander and expect the same results? And then same with Ruff and Flores. Can we get the best out of these guys like they did last year, or some of that a little fluky and and a little bit of luck. Like that's kind of you know when I heard Farhan say that in the back of my mind, I was like, I don't know if we're going to be able to repeat what happened last year because so many things fell into place the the way that they you know they put those lineups together. Well, Lamont Wade fell into place, right? I don't think anybody anticipated him. <clears throat> excuse me, having the impact that that he would that he did, um, but. I think we're going to find out. I I think the Giants are committed to this. I believe that they may have discovered a new way to play this game. Um, I I think the the pivotal point to this is that relievers have to face three batters in a row. I think that makes this a huge um, strategic choice that you can make with these line changes where you swap everybody out. I believe that that's one of the reasons the coaching staff believes that they can prepare players for that that they can get them ready for that, that that everybody recognizes that this is more like a hockey team where whether or not you start is really irrelevant. It's about how much playing time you get and being ready to make an impact when you're on the field than it is about whether or not you're starting games. And so I think the Giants are committed to that. I think that they will continue to push that forward. And uh, I think we're going to find out whether or not it's repeatable. I think it's an advantage that the Giants will continue to have because I don't think other teams are willing to try it yet. Um, And then I will say about Fernando Tatis Jr., man, can the Padres just not catch a break or what? Pods are going to pod, man. Padres are going to Padre, aren't they? <laughs> like, I, I just have a weird place in my heart for that team. It, it, it's just like, you know, they're that kid that you always like to have around, but you're constantly belittling him. <laughs> like, he's not your kid, right? He's the neighbor's kid, and he's a dork. But he tries <laughs> so hard, and he wants to be there. Um, man, you know... What are you doing? And then, you know, you crash in a motorcycle, which, you know, Madison Bumgarner's done it. Jeff Kent, you know, was washing <laughs> his truck after riding a motorcycle. Yes. And so it happens. But then not saying anything and not doing anything about it for three months. That's weird, man. That's well, weird. You, did you see the the way that he answered that question when they basically said, did you know, when did you crash your motorcycle or whatever? And he's like, which time? <laughs> <laughs> oh man 
to be 22 and have the world at your fingertips you can and have a boatload like of that. money have guaranteed money already in your bank account yeah, yeah it would be nice yeah. huh? 22 and dumb and rich boy those are have, have you guys been to petco by the way Oh yeah, I, I actually lived in San Diego for ten years, so okay. I was I spent a lot of time at Petco. Yeah, yeah, I, I went to a few games with Matthew. It's, yeah, it's a notch notch below Oracle, but bit, uh, but it's bit. you know it's a nice park. Yeah, it's, it's got nice. its charm. It's a nice park. It's a great location. I feel yeah. like uh, so when uh, Oracle w- w- was Pac Bell, there was like a, a lot of these parks got built around the same time. I don't know if you've been to Safeco. I don't remember what they call Safeco mm-hmm. today, but that park looks almost uh, like a replica of of uh, oracle and so petco and i know camden is probably the blueprint for all of this stuff um when when camden yards w- was created but all of those parks uh, are so fun and that makes I, I feel like that makes the experience so much better than just going to like some cookie cutter thing and and uh, so i you know th- that totally. that kind of stuff is fun you go to petco and you're like oh like there's some interesting you know there's some interesting story behind why they did it this way and all well, the 35 craft beers that they have <laughs> well petco too if you if you've got a young family it's great because they've got the grass yes out in center field they've got a little t-ball you know field out there kids can just go you know they, they get tired of watching the game they just go and have fun and you can just sit and watch the game on the grass and so it's, it, it's a good fan experience for sure yeah, and it's great to build something in an area that is also really cool, like the gas lamp. Like you, yeah. like you're just like, oh, I'm gonna go here and go have a drink, and oh, by the way, the stadium is like, you know, a hundred feet that way. Nice. Like that, yeah. that, that kind of thing is is really cool. And um, the, the so the Warriors who play at, at Chase, they're trying to build something similar in that area of San Francisco where. You know, there's lots of stuff around there now. They're 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 not done yet. That you know, there's a couple restaurants and stuff, but like that idea is is a great idea. So that's what I love about uh, Petco. All right, I have a couple more questions for you guys. Um, the first one relates to this uh, the CBA that we you know that just got signed, and one of the you know there are a few rules that they put into uh, play. You know, Rob Manfred like he he. Was they because of the situation with COVID, he was able to create some rules and and things for COVID protocols. And one of those was that these uh, extra inning games were being decided by putting a ghost runner on second base. So just like the stuff that you used to do with your friends when you only had like three people playing a baseball game, you'd just put ghost runners everywhere. And that became the norm for the last couple of years when it came to these extra inning games. So it looked like they pulled that out. And I just read the other day, Jason Stark says players heavily support having the ghost runner when it come, when it pertains to health and safety protocols. Um, ultimately, the players liked it because it has mostly killed the marathon extra innings game. Stark uh, noted that the <laughs> the ghost runner may not necessarily appear in the 10th, but instead could surface in the 11th or the 12th. With the National League adopting the designated hitter this year, baseball traditionalists are doing plenty of grumbling. So the first question is the ghost runner. I, I do want to ask you about the DH in a second here, but uh, Matthew, this idea of the ghost runner being replaced, which I think we're like, yes, like, get out of here. This is not baseball. And now they're possibly going to bring it back using the health and safety protocols ruling here. Oh man. Like, I, I, yeah, I, I was really excited to hear that the ghost runner was gone. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just not real baseball. And uh, it's a, you know, it was, it was an incredible disadvantage for the giants last year. So, so I think maybe I'm a little, little tainted from that, but uh I just, I don't like it. And and I, you know, and maybe I could see if you get into the 15th inning or the 14th inning or something later. Yeah. Okay. I could probably understand it, but that ninth inning or the, you know, 10th inning rather where you're just starting off, it's just, it's such a, such a crap shoot from there. And it's, it's not, I don't know. And it's just, it's, uh, I'm, I'm trying to not use adult words here. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, and I'm failing, but, uh, it is, uh, no, 
I don't like it. I don't want it. Uh, I, I would rather us just go back to regular ball. And you know what? Players grow one, you know, I mean, grow a pair. Come on. Come on. It's like you're grown men making millions of dollars, you know, play an extra few innings. I got to work overtime every now and then. I got to work long days. No one's being like, oh, we're going to put an extra staff member on the board for you, you know, Matthew. So, you know, just, just suck it up and do your job. All right, Ben, give me your thoughts. Oh, I'm not going to let anybody up on this one either. That's not baseball. I, I that's a different game. It, that's it's a different game. It, it's not the it's not baseball, right? Baseball is about the batter pitcher competition, and and when you just give somebody a freebie, a, a free pass at the beginning of the inning, right? And at second base, no less. I it, it's just it it's just it's not the same game. It, it bypasses the most important um matchup in the game and uh no it's lame I, I think there's a lot of other ways things that they could have done why not add a that that are just as sacrilegious quite frankly why not add a fourth out to innings you know why not uh, why not make it four strikes instead of three you know there's there's all kinds of things that you could have done to to uh that i think would have been better choices because they still would have been uh or even a runner on first like I, I just you know you can score a run without scoring a hit you right. know it, it's just it doesn't seem like right in a, in a crucial moment of the game yeah runner on first would have been maybe better but like i get where they're coming from and i think now with a season where they're trying to cram into 162 games where they're, they're going to be tempted to do that their but own almost, fault though that's it their is their own fault. fault it is their own fault it's like oh fans you know yeah that's not a good excuse right yeah i mean it's just it's just no, <laughs> just no, just do something. I would almost rather have them have ties and, and then count that in the game because at least then that's like, well, that's what happened, you know? Right. It's an actual reflection of what happened in the game. It's not just r- rolling a die. Um, so, so no, just, just no. Like, I, I think that's the worst possible solution that they could have come up with of all the possible solutions. And uh, the sooner we get rid of it, the better. So, during the the time when we had no baseball and Brad and I were trying to come up with topics and we were exhausting ourselves uh, by recording. You, you should have just taken a break like we did. You know, <laughs> yeah. I should have just been like, ah, screw it. Yeah, and we still it. talked about Minecraft. <laughs> I, I, you know, at least I did. I talked about Minecraft. So we were, we were talking about stuff like, you know, after, if, if you can't, if, if the, the 10th uh, and maybe the 11th, you played straight up. Maybe in the twelfth you get a runner on first, and then maybe in the thirteenth, then you can start doing the runner on second. Like it, I don't like it either, but at least it it feels a little bit more like okay, you're given a chance to play normal baseball, and now you know. So there was this, uh, gosh, this had to have been five years ago, and maybe now it's even it's even longer because I feel like every time I say five years ago, it was really like twelve years ago, and it just I don't know why. But I went to a, a Giants game. Uh, we were sitting in the bleachers, and my car is. Uh, I was I was going to the office, so my car was at like a, one of the Bart stations, and Bart, you know, kind of shuts down at, at like midnight, right? So it's like they're not going to every Bart car is not running from midnight to four in the morning, and so it was like, okay, you know, we're getting close here. There's like it's like the twelfth inning, and we're getting close to where I need to go race over to Bart so that I don't, you know, this is. I could have obviously taken an Uber, but Uber was still not like a giant thing back then. So maybe it is longer than five years ago. Um, so uh, you know, I, Half the I, listeners are like, <laughs> what? There was a time without Uber? Really? What, what did you? How did tell you us? Get tell a, us about this old man. <laughs> By the way, I'm. Are you watching the Uber show on Showtime right now? No, I, I am not. I I don't really want to see somebody like it's, Travis Kalanick. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt playing him, and and the the, the reason why I watch it is because one of the main characters is played by uh, Kyle Chandler, aka Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights, and the person he is playing is somebody who I wouldn't say I, I know them very well, but they invest in my company, and I've seen them. 15 times this guy by the name of bill Gurley, who's like six foot eight yeah. kyle chandler's like maybe five ten <laughs> plays him well though plays him really but well uh but in, but anyway so uh so i was like okay we, we had to bail out like 11th or 12th inning and i drove all the way home now i was living in gilroy at the time which is uh quite quite a trek 
you know, yeah. it's about 75 miles from San Francisco. And so I get home at like, I don't know, like one thirty in the morning. These dudes are still playing. They are <laughs> still playing baseball. And by the time I got home and sort of shut everything down, uh, I think the Giants actually won. So, you know, to that extent, yeah. But that happens so rarely. It's right. like once once a year you get a game like that. Was so that the Diamondbacks? Not, it, it may have been. It, it, it may have been. I think I made it to the fifteenth in that game. Okay, so and we I was were there. The same game. Yeah, I was with some. If it was the Diamondbacks, yeah. it was the Diamondbacks eighteenth, eighteen inning game. I, I think I made it because I I drove. Wow, but, there you go. But so so yeah, I, I agree with both of you in that. This doesn't. If this happened once a month, I would be like, okay. But you know, if you play. 12 13 14 innings it, it, extra I, I would love to see the the numbers or the math that says extra inning games here's how many here's the the longevity it takes x you know games off of somebody's career to play it's, it's dark and it's late and hamstring pulls and it causes more injuries like if i saw that data I'll be like, okay, kind of makes sense, but and, and just no, the only data you're seeing is guys going, I don't want to be up so <laughs> exactly. late. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, cry it, me a river, millionaire. Get their eight hours, <laughs> man. I, I I think the thing that really turned me off it was I watched a game between the Dodgers and the Padres where Dave Roberts was running circles around poor Jace Tingler, <laughs> and uh, I, I think it was it was clear to me that they were setting up who they wanted to be on second base in the tenth inning by choices that they were making in the ninth and the eighth inning. And that really just made me very angry. Yeah. I, because yeah, I which that, that. I mean, they should do that. That's, that's yeah, absolutely sure. a factor. You, you have to factor that in. Um, but it, it just made me really mad that, that this thing that was not baseball and was nothing about the, the core tactics of the game was now influencing decisions and choices that they were making in the innings that were supposed to not be impacted by that. And yeah, it's just, it's an abomination. All right. I told you guys I wouldn't keep you long. We did have an extra episode over the weekend, so we don't have to go super long here. I'll end it with this question, which is, I kind of alluded to it. Matthew, you, we all, I feel, are, are these hardcore baseball fans. We go way back with the game, National League team, and now the Universal DH is in play. Brad and I, when we had we had the, we had it in in 2020 during the pandemic season, and we were like, you know what, it, it if it makes things fine, just you know, let's put it in. And then last year, we thought, you know what, if they do implement it in 2022, we would be more okay with it as older baseball fans than we were when we were much younger. Where it's like, no, National League versus American League, like this is real baseball. But like, how do you guys feel about the universal DH? Is there the same frustration as the Ghost Runner, or is this just where baseball is going? Yeah, I, I, I think back to the times when I was, you know, a younger guy and keeping box scores and just sitting in the stands following every pitch. And I remember thinking about like, you know, okay, when is the pitcher spot coming up? Who, you know, just trying to kind of guess the moves that the manager is going to make uh, as we're getting into later innings. And I really liked that part of the game. I, I just, it really uh, just, it stimulated something in my brain that I think, you know, really made me love baseball a lot more than I probably would have. And I wasn't really like, oh, we got to score more runs. I was like, ooh, how are we going to, you know, navigate the pitcher spot coming up? And you know, I just, I really liked that, that strategy that was involved in there. So in that respect, not a fan of the DH and, and, and really have never been. But having said that, you know, after 2020, you know, I look back, I don't remember that there was, uh, that the pitchers weren't hitting, you know, and, you know, it's, I was a baseball fan and I was watching baseball and, and I just, you know, it's hard for me to admit this, but I just feel like in a couple of years, we're going to be like, Hey, remember when we were so upset about pitchers, you know, not being able to hit, you know, I just, 
it's it's inevitable. We have to accept it um, and move on. And and I think we're we're all gonna just forget about it in a couple of years, and it'll just be the way it is. What, what did the Giants hit pitchers hit last year? Point nine zero or something like that? Yeah, it wasn't wasn't pretty. It wasn't wasn't pretty. And and so it's hard to even make an argument for the DH or for I mean, you know for a pitcher's hitting when you've got that kind of ineptitude for sure. And these aren't the, this isn't the days of uh, Madison Bumgarner going up there and trying to hit balls over the fence. And and it, what it is to me is these pitchers that they go up there not wanting to get hurt. And so all the swings are defensive. If they can't bunt, they're just ready to go back out, go back to the bench because they don't want to get hurt. I I, I will say, I will say that we have not seen the last of pitchers hitting because manager of the year, Gabe Kapler doesn't really understand that he's got to save hitters for later innings. (laughs) And, and so, uh, you know, he's going to clear his bench in the sixth and then we're going to go into extra innings. And then Logan Webb's going to be pinch hitting in in the, in the tenth. So we're definitely going to see pitchers hitting on the giants. We may not see that in any other team, but the giants pitchers will still hit. Thank you, Matthew. That's usually my rant. (laughs) I, I'm, I'm probably the only guy in, well, there's probably a lot of us out there, but that still isn't on the Kapler uh, bandwagon yet. You know, like, what have you done for me lately, Gabe Kapler? 107 but, wins. Uh, yeah, what, what I remember is the last game that you managed, we lost to the Dodgers. That's what I remember. <laughs> I, I, you know, 100, 100 and, 109 wins be damned. Well, I mean, it's an interesting point, right? Because... Kapler comes in hot. The Giants' uh, pandemic season, they're on the cusp of making the playoffs. They're supposed to be not great. So we, we probably benefited from only playing 60 games, right? Because then he, we could sort of, he could sort of manage it a different way. Come back last year, and they surprise everybody. They blow all of these smart prognostications using analytics and math and these algorithms out of the water make those things look ridiculous. But I almost feel like if the Giants compete this year, now they don't have to win 107 games. It'd be great. It'd be great if they did. But if they're competitive and they compete for the division, and let's say instead of 107 wins, they win 92 games, I feel like that would that would feel more for fans like, okay, that is even more impressive than 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 what he they did last year because last year there was some fluky stuff going on. Not to say that they didn't do a great job because he managed his butt off for sure. But coming back and being competitive the year that Buster Posey retires, the year after, I feel like that would give him some credentials with Giants fans who may still, you know, not a hundred percent be fans of Gabe Kapler. I agree. I, I think. I think. First of all, I believe I, I'm on the bandwagon. I am a big believer in the strategy that Farhan Zaidi and Gabe Kapler are employing and executing. I think they outsmarted the math. I think they have better math on their side. I think they have found ways to exploit the game that all of these algorithms don't account for. And that's why the numbers are different. Yes, a lot of things went their way. I don't think anybody anticipated Desclafani and Alex Wood both performing at the level that they did. I think that was the biggest difference. They also nobody counted on Lamont Wade Jr. and and, and I don't and 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 Talkman, right? <laughs> Win, winning two games all by himself and not even being on the roster at the end of the season. So yeah, there was some fluky stuff. But I, I do think that that their methodology is 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 groundbreaking. And I do think that it's making a difference. Um, That being said, I think that they are great strategists. I question Gabe Kapler's tactics at times Mm -hmm. and he gets a little bit carried away. And that's why he finds himself um, without the pieces that he needs in extra innings or late inning games. I think he got better at that as as the season went on, I would like to believe that he listened to giant cocktails and heard me, <laughs> you know, cussing him out for some of the stupid things that I saw. But that's that's probably not what happened. They're they're smart guys and they, they probably figured that out themselves um, or saw things that I didn't, which is much more likely. But Spe- yeah, speaking of giant cocktails, new season is upon us. We are right in the beginning of spring training. I think the Giants We'll have a game in a couple of days, an actual spring game. Season starts in a few weeks. What is uh, what do you, what's your recording schedule going to be like? Well, we're still going to do weekly, uh, just a weekly podcast. Uh, we, we explained yesterday in our podcast that last year was our rookie season. <laughs> we had these uh, 
you know, these, these, we had a real frank discussion about like when we were going to publish and we were, and I remember this discussion, we were like, well, if we, if we do it Sunday after the week's games, Mondays, a lot of times is an off day. We can kind of, you know, just slide into an off day and, and, and get, you know, people will listen and all that. If we had actually looked at a schedule that maybe we would have realized that Mondays weren't really an off it day. Wasn't a discussion. My brother's usually like the smarter one. And I was just like, oh, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> sounds, sounds good. Yeah. That was the discussion. It was a great plan. So, so now the plan might, might include Thursdays, you know, cause mm-hmm. Thursdays are definitely the, 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 the travel day for a lot of times. So, well, this year we're going to check the schedule first. Yeah. And we're, yeah. So I'm before, really, really? Okay. All right. Fine. I, check the schedule. Well, may, right. Maybe. <laughs> all right. If you're going to be that way, just check the schedule, <laughs> right. but uh, there's still people drinking involved, you know, we're still, um, um, although we did learn, we did learn last year that we tended to be a little verbose when it came to the cocktails and, <laughs> and uh, you know, which ate into our giants time or, or made our podcast go you know fairly long. And so we're going to do our best to kind of, you know, hone in on just what we're drinking and then get into giants uh, baseball talk. But you know, that, that sophomore season, you're looking to, you know, kind of come back hot and stronger. And so we're, 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 we're looking the same. So, uh, and, you know, and, and enjoy following guys like you guys to, to show us the way, you know, you veterans of 90, what was I see 92 podcasts now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, we got, we got, we got a few under, uh, we're, we, yeah, we're going to hit a hundred at some point during the uh, early on in the season, which will be fun. Time but, it right. Um, you could get right to opening day being your hundredth, you know? Yeah, no. Yeah. So, well, we, we, yeah. You know what we, we may, cause I think we're going to try and work re- cause Brad's schedule is a little off. So he, oh, Brad, so, so, on, so, so Brad is going to take a couple of weeks off. And so I, I was going to do two shows uh, with a, with a guest co-host like, like yourselves. And then all of a sudden uh, I think it, I, I, one of his children got sick. So it kind of postponed the thing. And then we recorded on the weekend to sort of prepare for it. But uh, so I think we, I think he's home this week. Uh, next week he'll be gone. So we may, we may try to do something on the weekend again. And then I may have another guest host next week, but then following that we'll be back on our normal normal sort of weekly cadence here but hey i, I really appreciate you guys uh, jumping on giant cocktails on twitter anything else you guys want to plug before we get out of here no that's it just you know give us a you know give us a follow on twitter and uh, uh instagram as well at giant cocktails we post our cocktail recipes as well and uh you know when we when we when we post so yeah come on over give us a listen at some point we got to get you know brad and garrett you know over on our podcast and uh talk giants there so we'll try and make that happen as well so yeah that'll be thanks. awesome thanks so much for having us this has been great all right so for matthew and ben follow them at giant cocktails on twitter podcast is the same name uh brad and i will be back either this weekend or Brad will skip another show and I, and and then be back after that. I, I we'll we'll figure it out. I may have a weekend show and then uh, early next week, or we may skip the weekend show. It just sort of depends on uh, who we're trying to get as our guest. But for Matthew and Ben from Giant Cocktails, thank you very much for being on. I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. <laughs>